the big thing is patience. Just be patient with your cat. These are new experiences for them. It's going to take them a while to adjust. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Hasara. And I'm Daniel. We've got an exciting chat in store for you today. Before we jump in, we'd love to know that you're listening along. So remember to take a screenshot of the episode or a photo of what you're doing, share it to your Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community and at greatgramsofgary. We'll reshare and I'm super excited to hear what you think of today's episode. I have a confession to make. I've been spending a ridiculous amount of time wearing my Cat Explorer t-shirts, so much so that my neighbor joked that I don't have any other clothes. But it's because they're so soft and they now come in so many colors. I love pairing them my cat is not a couch potato tanks with active wear or jeans. And lately, I've been pairing the Exploring's My Catnip shirt with shorts and skirts. And I love the Cat Explorer Defines Me shirt because it has the definition of what a cat explorer is and it's unisex. And the Giving My Cat the World hoodie, I love it because it's so soft and cuddly. We were really picky with the shirts, tanks and hoodies we used as we wanted them to be comfortable and they're all so soft. And to celebrate the new colours in the range, our awesome listeners get 10% off t-shirts, tanks and hoodies on the Cat Explorer store. Just use the code PODCASTMERCH at checkout at catexplorer.co forward slash shop. That's PODCASTMERCH, one word, at catexplorer.co forward slash shop. I think most of you would have heard about our guest today. Perhaps you've seen him rocking an amazing pair of goggles on the Canadian Alps, or posing in front of a helicopter, or relaxing on the water in a kayak. Gary is a cat explorer who adventures through the Canadian Rockies. He is total cat explorer goals. And he does it all with part of his hip missing. We're so excited to hear more about Gary, his brothers Carl and Duke from their dad. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to get to chat with you guys. I've been following the podcast for a little while and uh, and now I'm finally here. We're so excited to have you. Um, so perhaps we can start with hearing a little bit about Gary. How did he come into your life? So Gary uh, and actually all of, all of our animals were adopted by his mom. Uh, and then we met uh, about three years ago. So uh, I came into their life, they'd, they'd already been, Gary had already been adopted for about two and a half years, but he was adopted from the Calgary Humane Society, which is a, a humane society not too far from where we're living now. As you mentioned, he's missing part of his hip. His mom wasn't necessarily looking for a cat, but he'd suffered a similar injury to her dog that she had at the time and is missing the same hip our dog is. So she couldn't pass up the matching set, plus he was pretty adorable as a kitten. And so when her friend told her what had gone on and she went to just look, she came home with, uh, with the cat. <laughs> ah, just look never is just look, is it? <laughs> so what kind of cat exploring does Gary do? Uh, we, do we do lots of different types of cat exploring. I'd say mostly hiking but uh this summer we picked up a, a cheap kayak and got out paddling quite a lot and gary seemed to love that hopefully this winter we're going to try some easy skiing whether it's cross-country skiing or maybe some some easy backcountry touring somewhere flat he just likes being outside and and it's fun to take him along on 
the adventures that we have. That's so awesome. And I just want to jump back to that kayak because um, something I'd never really thought about, and I know you and I have spoken about this offline, is the types of kayaks you need for a cat because there's like you can get an inflatable one and different types. What kind of kayak do you guys have? So we bought, uh, it's an Intex K1 Challenger. It's probably the cheapest inflatable kayak you can find on Amazon. Uh, I think we spent about 80 Canadian dollars on it. Uh, and honestly, for the price, I've been shocked at how decent the quality it is. It packs up small enough. It's easy to transport. It paddles well, and it's comfortable for Gary and I. That's so awesome. And it's an inflatable one, so the no worries with Gary's claws there. It's pretty durable, and Gary doesn't claw very much anyhow, so I'm, I'm not too worried. And we only go on fairly flat water, not too far from shore. So if there was a catastrophe, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we had to swim a little ways back to the back to the shore. I love how you mentioned that. Yeah, you said easy skiing. I'm like, easy skiing? <laughs> they don't necessarily go together. I mean, for most people, skiing is difficult in, its, in and of itself. And then to do it with a cat. So easy skiing and kayaking, that's quite feat. Perhaps to clarify what I mean by easy skiing is low angle skiing. I don't want to take Gary somewhere that's going to be too risky for either him or I. So uh, I'd like to go skiing, but I've got to find a way to do it safely. And so in Australia, we don't have a lot of snow. We don't do much skiing. We went skiing about two years ago. I think I was only able to ski 10 meters. (laughs) So I'm in awe of anyone in our community who can do it with their cat. Like that's just I can't even ski myself. Yeah, she was stuck on the magic carpet um, training area. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, so I do a lot of backcountry skiing, which is you, basically you walk in your skis and you have skins that grab the snow as you walk up the hill. So thinking more of that than a ski hill, which would be kind of busy and I don't know how he'd love. Although I will say my goal for the winter is to get Gary cat skiing because I think a cat cat skiing would be amazing uh so i'm trying to find a way to make that happen we'll see skiing or snowboarding i can like otoboogany that would be really cool either way all of them <laughs> watch this space eh? Yeah. i think is the yeah. bottom line so we'll see what happens yeah so, but we've basically the understanding is that gary does a lot of cool sports stuff and this is all given that he's got a hip injury. So can you tell us a little bit about this hip injury and how has it been treated and what was his recovery like? For sure. Um, so it was a little bit before I came into Gary's life, so I've got a little bit of secondhand information. But from my understanding, Gary was found uh, by the, the local bylaw service on the street. And when he was taken to the Humane Society for evaluation, they noticed he had a broken hip. And the way they treated it was with a procedure called ephemeral headostectomy. So the hip, this is this is not a biologist or a veterinarian explaining it, so it might be not 100% accurate, but my understanding is hip is a ball and socket joint, and in this procedure, they basically, they remove the ball from the head of the femur, so the leg is still attached, and over time, scar tissue fills the socket, um, and then combined with muscle and the tendons in the leg, it forms sort of a false joint. So they're still able to use the leg, uh, just not necessarily with 100% strength. 
that they would have otherwise. With Gary, there's not a lot that you can notice that would tell you he's he's had this injury. He can't jump as high as other cats. So uh, that's probably the biggest thing. And if you look closely sometimes, especially when he's climbing stairs or hills, he uh, kind of wiggles, his butt wiggles a little bit. Um, but otherwise, it's it's not particularly noticeable. Duke, as I mentioned, has the same injury. And because Duke is a larger dog, he weighs about 100 pounds or 44 kilos. He uh, His is a bit more noticeable. He's wiggles quite a lot when he is just walking on flat ground and his leg twists a bit. Uh, and I know that when he was recovering, he had to have a little bit more physiotherapy just to, to get the leg strengthened to a point he could walk on it. So he's in the water a bit and, uh, but Gary's not that heavy. So, uh, so his recovery, I think was a little bit easier. That's so interesting. Um, I actually find the physical therapy for pets really fascinating because it's, I feel really silly saying it, but until recently, I never realized it was a thing. Like that's, it's just something that I found out in the last four months or so. Because you've just mentioned that Duke, who's Gary's dog brother, went through physical therapy. Did Gary have to go through any physical therapy? I'm not 100% sure what his recovery was. I think most of it happened at the shelter before they, they let him out for adoption. Um, so there may have been some, but I think it was more because Duke is larger and, and just needed to strengthen that leg a little bit. Gary was a small kitten when it happened. So even at four months, Duke was, was a sizable dog. So he just needed a little bit of extra help. Given the current condi- their conditions, did you have to change up anything or be conscious of anything in particular when you go cat exploring with, with uh, Gary and I suppose Duke? Uh, with Gary, less so. Um, definitely the hip hasn't been the biggest impediment to our exploring. It's just been getting comfortable outside. And uh, in the last, we've only been at this about a year, but he's really, really improved and, and walks a lot more on his own. But he also rides on my shoulders a lot too. So uh, it, it's not particularly noticeable with him. When we've got Duke with us, we do have to be a little bit more mindful. He, uh, he his leg will get sore if we walk a little too far. And uh, because it twists quite a lot, he needs to have boots if we're walking on kind of a rough surface or he can abrade the pad of his paw. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, that's so interesting. But other, otherwise, like you wouldn't really notice that, uh, uh, that there was anything wrong and it doesn't seem to slow them down very much at all, so... And you know what's incredible about that is that we always, like, even as humans, when we have an injury, we're like, oh, we're never going to get back to doing things that we love or whatnot. But these guys are showing us that you just figure out how to keep doing it in a different way. Like, and there might be a different thing that you have to do. For example, Duke has to wear his boots, but you just figure it out, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. And they've, they live pretty, pretty cushy lives. <laughs> they definitely do. I I did want to cy- cycle back to something that you said. So you mentioned that you came into Gary and Duke and Carl's lives a bit later on. Were you always a cat and dog person? Uh, so I've never actually grew up with pets or even owned pets until I uh, in, until I met their mom and we moved in together. Uh, so she's kind of chuckled at how crazy a cat person I've become. Uh, but they're pretty sweet 
they're pretty sweet uh, critters. And I mean, I've always, I always liked cats, um, but I'm actually fairly allergic to cats. So I never owned one. <laughs> um, now I live, now I live with two, uh, though having lived with them for a while, I've, my body's gotten mostly used to it and it's not nearly as bad as it was before I used to live on antihistamines. <laughs> so that's very much a parallel of my story. And of before I met Hasara, never had cats, never owned pets. Became found out because I was allergic to cats, but I still have two cats anyway. Cats love me, <laughs> sleep on me, drool curl up on next you. to me, drool on me, and yes, my life is very much about cats, even though I'm allergic to them. Yeah. <laughs> And you never grew up with them either, so any pets, so. <laughs> Actually, we had a fish growing up. Yeah, that counts, you know. You have to look after them and everything. That definitely counts. Well, I guess counts. the thing is, like, when you when you speak to people and friends and they go, how did you get in this position? <laughs> and you go, it's like. <laughs> it's love, it's love. Um, so we've kind of mentioned Duke and we mentioned Gary, but we haven't spoken a lot about Carl. Does Carl go cat exploring as well? Uh, Carl does ish not very much he uh carl don't know exactly how old he is we think he's around 18 years old uh and he has heart disease and asthma and um so he's a lot more relaxed maybe than uh than gary and duke he likes to stick around home sniff around the backyard or if we're out on the deck in the summer he likes to come out and sit in the sun with us but he's not quite as adventurous. He spent probably some time on the street, so that was enough adventure for Carl, and he likes to just have a warm lap at home that he can curl up and sleep on. And I, th- I think that's a reminder to us that some cats do like that. Like, that is exactly what they're meant for. And for everyone else, because we can see James, Carl has been in the in cuddling James this whole interview. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's still here. How do you manage both Gary and Duke while you go cat exploring? Do you have any tips? <laughs> T- take two people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if if I'm just going out uh, by myself, I would only take one of the two of them. If my partner comes with me, then we can take both. But it really, it really is a one person, one animal kind of job. It's. Uh, it's a lot to wrangle both, especially when they don't want to walk in the same direction or are trying to do whatever it is they they both have in mind that they're out to out to do. So it's definitely a two person job. Yeah, it definitely is because they can definitely and easily overwhelm you <laughs> to the point where you've been like drained of all energy. You're crying, that, and then they're off doing their own thing, and you're just trying to wrestle the situation. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if if we're just at the local park, it's not a big deal. But if we're trying to actually hike somewhere, it's, you know, they need someone to help shepherd them along the trail. So along the same lines, and good or bad, what has been your most memorable cat exploring experience? That's a good question. We've managed to squeeze quite a lot into a year of doing this. So maybe I'd pick two. I don't know if I can necessarily pick between them. So... Uh, Gary and I went mountaineering. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the photos. And I walked with Gary 
Uh, it ended up being a pretty big day. It was a 21 kilometer round trip hike and 900 meters of elevation that I mostly carried carry for. <laughs> and we walked up to uh, the toe of a glacier here uh, nearby and Gary walked on the toe of the glacier. And that was pretty cool. Uh, I do a lot of mountaineering and uh, so it's kind of kind of fun to go up with my cat and uh, and do that and it's a it's a place that I think is is really cool and the other experience that I would pick would be uh, one of our paddling trips this summer there's a small little lake just off the Icefields Parkway in the Rockies here it's not very well known and not too far off the highway so I lugged my 42 pound inflatable kayak into this lake and uh, it was a long weekend which are very busy in Banff but we had the lake to ourselves and it was about 25 degrees and sunny and we just had a wonderful paddle in the middle of this blissful lake with no one else around and it was pretty great. That's awesome those are the best days I have to say though I'm impressed 21 kilometers carrying Gary that's incredible I Gary's not an ultralight cat. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> you know how some people train with those vests that have the weight the weight vests? You don't need that. You just got Gary. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so I've seen a few photos of Gary with a helicopter. Do you mind telling us the story behind that? Because when we asked our community who they wanted on the podcast, a few people mentioned you and they mentioned the helicopter. So I have to ask. For sure. Um, so one of the things I like to do with Gary's account from time to time is kind of highlight different people or different things about mountain life and mountain culture. And there's a local there's a local company, Alpine Helicopters, and they do all of the search and rescue flying in the Rockies. Uh, they've been doing it for almost 50 years, and uh, they've really been pioneers in mountain rescue flying. And uh, it's really heartening to know that they're around in case something goes wrong, whether I'm out with Gary or if I'm just out by myself. And so I thought it'd be a really cool photo opportunity to both take Gary down and get some cool pictures with their helicopters, but also kind of give them a shout out for everything that they do for our community. So that's kind of where that that came from. And I think it turned out pretty well because it's a, it's a great photo. Uh, it's probably the most widely seen Gary photo that uh, I've taken. It's been reposted to all kinds of places. It's been around the internet. Um, and, and yeah, it's just nice to be able to give, uh, give a shout out to people that I hope never have to use, but, uh, but that are there in case, in case something does go wrong. And that, and they just do awesome work. Like that's yeah, well deserved. Um, and you know, I've used them to get to some great vacations. They provide a range of of different services, but particularly, I wanted to highlight the the search and rescue work that they do uh, for our community. So a lot of Gary's iconic photos are in winter, and there's a lot of snow around. How do you keep him warm during winter? When you, and when, especially when you go cat exploring. Well, it helps. Gary's pretty fluffy. And so he he does a lot of his own work keeping himself warm. He actually really, really likes the snow. He sort of seems happiest when there's a fair amount of snow and it's maybe at or just below freezing. That seems to be when he's like the perkiest outside and he can kind of prance around in the in the fresh snow. We don't go outside when it's really cold. Uh, kind of, I think, around minus seven is our cutoff for if we're going cat exploring with Gary, but we've got a few strategies to 
to help make sure he's not getting too cold. I mean, one is, I'm sure you've seen, he's got a, a fairly robust wardrobe. So that's almost not as much for warmth as it is to just help keep the snow from balling up in his fur. Uh, I think his fur will do a great job of keeping him warm, but have to keep it dry. His backpack also gets pretty warm um, with just him inside of it. It helps kind of block the wind and with the uh, with the little hole closed, you stick your hand in and you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty comfortable in there. And the other thing is he likes to ride on my shoulders a lot. Uh, and that keeps both of us warm because he makes a pretty great scarf. And so just the body heat from, from being next to me helps, uh, helps him stay happy and, and comfortable. That's so interesting that he feels more comfortable, like he's happier out in winter. Is that, I know, obviously you can't ask him, but I'm curious if that's because he's, he enjoys playing in the snow or is it like, I wonder what it is that makes him so happy out there. I think part of it's probably a temperature thing. I think in the summer, like we don't, we also don't go out when it's very hot because he's not, you know, he's a, a got a robust coat on him and we don't want him to overheat. He's got some cooling vests as well for the summer that you can wet down and, uh, and then through evaporation, it will help keep him cool. But uh, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but yeah, he he's very perky and very happy when it's cool and he's able to just strut through the fresh snow. That's awesome. Have you, like, a discussion that's happening a lot in the community because it is winter for most people around the world in the Northern Hemisphere is that should our cats be wearing booties? Have you tried those with Gary? Gary does have boots. Uh, we got them sort of towards the end of last winter. And so we'll probably be using them a little bit more this winter. Gary doesn't love the boots yet. Um, he will walk in them, but he kind of shakes his feet sometimes. I think for us, like Duke has boots that he uses in the winter as well. And uh, if it's milder temperatures, we don't necessarily use them. But if it does get cooler, we will put them on. And I think that's probably the approach we're likely to take with, with Gary. I think it's less of an issue for Gary because he does get carried around quite a bit. Uh, so he's got the opportunity to warm his feet up and um, to make sure that he's not getting too cold in other ways. I can't carry Duke on my shoulders. So, <laughs> so he does have that opportunity. Yeah, that's that's a good point as well. And um, like I've heard some great tips where people warm up their cat's paws, like just rubbing it with some um, like a towel and things like that also to get the ice salt off as well. And, um, and there's like some great option options where you can take like a hand warmer as well and put it in the pocket of your backpack and stuff like that. But just make sure that your cat is not leaning on it. Like they have an option to move away from it just in case they get too hot or stuff like that. So because you don't want them to get burnt, but yeah, it's, um, like, I'm going to be completely honest. We don't get snow in Australia that much for us. 10 degrees Celsius is very cold. So um, <laughs> we took uh, we took Noxie to the mountains, our version of the mountains, a few months ago in winter, and I think it got down to 6 degrees Celsius and she was mad. <laughs> so um, I'm always in awe of everyone who goes cat exploring in the snow. Like, it's, it's just amazing. Because <laughs> you said minus 7. That's degrees celsius isn't it yeah that's degrees celsius wow that's cold <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking like oh my seven's like not so bad <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative yeah it is
I would not do well in your summers. Uh, well, it's it was forty two degrees this week in Sydney, so degrees Celsius. Degrees Celsius, yeah. I would not survive that. I'm not lying. I was complaining a lot. <laughs> so, with the winters, we talked about you know what you would do. Is there anything that you don't do cat exploring wise in winter? Maybe because it's minus seven degrees or more. Yeah, so I think temperature becomes a bit of a bigger factor in the winter. So we have to adjust our our activities around that a little bit. Uh, there's some things that I'd like to do with Gary, both in the winter and in the summer, that I just haven't figured out a way to do safely. So I'll avoid. I think it would be kind of cool to get a picture of Gary in certain spots, but if I can't find a way to to get him there in a way that I'm comfortable with, um, then I'm I just won't do that. So like I said about skiing. Uh, avalanches are a big risk in the winter, so I'm not going to take him anywhere that would be an avalanche terrain. Uh, I like to ice climb, and I think it could be kind of fun to get some ice climbing photos, but there's hazards with that, and I haven't figured out a way to do it safely, so we haven't done that. But uh, mostly, I'd say, you know, for hiking or the sorts of cat exploring that we normally do with Gary anyhow, uh, don't have to adjust things too, too much. Hiking because of avalanches is a little bit more constrained in the winter. So you've got to be a little more choosy about where you go. Some places you can get in the summer uh, aren't safe to go in the winter. I have a really silly question on that. How do you know if they're not safe or safe? Is there like, is that just a known thing or is there somewhere that you can go like somewhere online that you can check? You can, and I've actually started uh, to do a bit of a feature on winter safety because there have been, unfortunately, some fatalities near us over the past few years of people who don't understand about winter safety. Um, so there's every day there's actually an avalanche forecast that gets issued, and there's professionals that will go out and evaluate avalanche conditions because those change on a daily, hourly, even kind of minute-by-minute basis. Um, You can take training courses to help you figure out and evaluate um, both the conditions and the terrain that you're in. And then uh, some of the parks, national parks around here, they also have published guides. Basically, there's an avalanche terrain exposure scale. It's called EIGHTS. And uh, you get a rating from one to three. One is uh, basically not avalanche terrain. And three is very complex avalanche terrain. And so they've mapped out popular areas and determined the risk in in each of those. So there's resources and training available. I do a lot of backcountry activities in the winter. And so it's something I pay attention to because I would like to not die in an avalanche. Oh, that's a very handy resource to have, and I encourage everyone who does do any sort of cat exploring winter or, or even summer with the opposite with bushfires and so forth yeah. to look out and do your research and do some planning before you head out. Just talking about winter and the cold weather, does it ever affect Gary and Duke's hip injury in any way? I haven't really noticed any impact on their hips due to the temperature. Um, maybe the biggest difference for Duke is it's not as big of a deal with his twisting leg in the snow. Um, the snow is a little less abrasive 
often than gravel or sharp rocks would be. So it's actually lower impact, I guess, if he's not wearing his boots. That's so interesting. I don't know whether it's an Australian thing, but they often say that people with those joint injuries struggle a bit more in winter. So that's a really interesting point that they find it, like for Duke particularly, it's easier to walk through the snow there. They they might experience some some discomfort. It's tough to say. They don't really show anything. Certainly we haven't noticed over the years any difference in the summer versus the winter. That's really interesting. So we've kind of touched on some of the types of cat exploring that you'd love to do with Gary in the future. Is there anything else that you'd love to do? Like, is there a wish list? I think mostly just more of the same. There's different places I'd like to to get. And so for the winter, as I, as I mentioned, I'd really like to go find a way to go cat skiing with my cat. I think that would be uh, that would be great. This summer, I want to continue some of our paddling. You can get small inflatable rafts called pack rafts that are really lightweight and easy to carry. So I'd like to find a way to get one of those. The only impediment is they're a little expensive, so I have to figure out how to make it work in the budget. But uh, that would let me walk Gary into some backcountry lakes uh, and we'd be able to paddle in some more exotic and hard-to-reach locations. There's a bunch that I've already picked out that I'd like to go. So a lot of it's more of the same. It's just maybe different. different spot we're definitely looking forward to those photos when they come through so how do you decide what to try with gary and carl like do you have a way to understand what the limits are i don't know if we've necessarily followed any formal training regimen it's always been sort of an incremental well we've they're comfortable with this so we'll try a little more um it was a bit of a process to work up to where we've we've gotten gary Today, he always seemed interested in going outside and even would try and escape. He actually did escape once uh, when we were living in Edmonton and he escaped our apartment. Our door had blown open. It had a bit of a faulty latch. And so we got out and we lived near a pretty major road. So we were pretty worried and ran out the door and he was sitting in our apartment courtyard, just munching on the plants. Uh, <laughs> And after that, we were like, well, if you want to go outside, you're going to have to be on a leash. And so we started training him to be on a leash. At, at the start, he he wouldn't walk. So we'd just sit together on the front step for a minute or two at a time. And uh, I'd bring a carrier so he could sit in that if he didn't want to sit on the step. And eventually, he wanted to eat the plants. So he would walk over to the plants and start eating them. <laughs> and that was kind of his motivation to to start walking on a harness. and. Uh, then we moved here and he would explore around our backyard and then decided to take him to the park down the street. Once he got comfortable there, we went on a short hike and kind of incrementally have worked up from there. With paddling, uh, Gary's always been really, <clears throat> really interested in water. On one of our hikes, it was actually in the winter, it was about minus four. Uh, we were walking beside a creek and Gary just waded right in and when I pulled him out he walked back in (laughs) so uh in the summer we picked up uh we picked up our kayak and had been paddling by ourselves and decided one day well Gary seems to like water I wonder if he'd like 
paddling. So uh, we went to a, a small local lake and loved it. So just went from there. One thing that I really like that you've said is that you've just incrementally tried new things, like you've slowly expanded those boundaries. And And I think another thing that a lot of people tend to forget when they see these cats on Instagram on a mountain is that their owners enjoy being up there as well. So you really like mountaineering, you like being on the water. So it's only natural that you take your cat with you because it's something that you're comfortable doing and something that you enjoy. So for example, um, I always tease Daniel about this. He can't be on water. He he gets seasick every time we go in any type of, do any type of water activity. So it's not something that we'd be comfortable doing with our cats because we need to be comfortable being on the water as well. For sure. And the, the big point there, as Asara has highlighted, is that Gary, the cat has been mountaineering started off cat exploring by munching on leaves you know a foot or two from his doorway and happily just munching on leaves so that's the origin story that you know people forget about or people don't quite realize is the start of it all yeah and even you know even in the car we've had to kind of work up uh to that i mean when gary was younger he would he would actually start panting and go into respiratory distress when you take him to the vet in the car and so you know, to get him used to that, we've got to park a couple blocks from us. It's maybe a two minute drive. So we'd, you know, we'd drive to the park and then we'd sit there for a little while and let him get comfortable and then drive back and, you know, sort of slowly over time as he gets more comfortable going on longer trips. And, and now he, he travels really well. He just curls up and usually falls asleep in the car. Um, so it's it's been interesting to watch Gary progress over the past year and a bit that we've been adventuring. Uh, he actually used to be a fairly skittish cat around new people, and adventuring has made him a little bit more confident. And so instead of running and hiding under the bed when we've got company over, he sticks around and says hello. And, and it's been really, really great to see how how much more confident he's gotten. Yeah, that's awesome. Like I really love hearing how cats end up growing in confidence in that way especially from cat exploring as well so that's really nice to see I just like I also find it really interesting that Gary struggled initially in the car because we all tend to forget that like that's something that we really relate we with our two cats because we've got Lumos who's very comfortable but Noxie at times she can sing the song of her people all 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 the way through the drive even if it's a 12-hour drive and we have to try different things so we try like cat music or And believe me, I'm so sick of listening to cat music, but it's the one thing that calms her down or something like that. So if people are struggling with being in the car, which I know a lot of people do with their cats, it's not something that's unique to you. It's quite common. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's just an exposure thing. Cats are are pretty resilient, but you've got to let them adjust on their own terms. And so we've just really tried to go at a pace Gary's comfortable with and, and he's done, done really well. So, James, we're coming up towards the end of the f- podcast, and now we're just going to jump into the fast four questions, with the first one being, what's one piece of advice you would give to new cat explorers? Well, sort of in the similar vein that we've been talking to, I think the big thing is patience. Just be patient with your cat. These are new experiences for them. It's going to take them a while to adjust. And, and uh, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I put a harness on my cat and it wouldn't walk anywhere. So my cat can't go adventuring. Well, no, you didn't spend any time trying to train your cat. A dog wouldn't 
like you can't train a dog just trying something once. It's the same with a same with a cat. So just to adjust your expectations and understand it's going to take a little while. Yeah, and every cat does the flop. <laughs> once you put the harness on, like everyone does that. <laughs> so what's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Gary? So, well, there's two. One, one was actually an online comment, but the I think the best reaction I've ever got with uh, being out with Gary is we'd hiked to the top of uh, a nearby mountain. It's the first summit that Gary got to, and we were coming down and had stopped, uh, stopped to have dinner because we, we were hiking after work. And Gary was just sitting in his backpack kind of having a nap. And some climbers were coming down. They'd climbed the face of the mountain and were walking down the hiking trail. And uh, they walked past us and you could just kind of see Gary's face in the backpack. They walked by and walk maybe a hundred feet past us. One of the guys kind of stops, tilts his head, turns around, walks back, looks in the backpack and just kind of held his hands up to his mouth and kind of shocked surprise and joy. And then just kept walking. He didn't even say anything, but just the reaction was, was really awesome. Uh, and then the other one, less positive, but uh, you get some really strange comments sometimes uh, online. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had someone argue with me and claim that I lived in a tent and that this was unfair to Gary because he w- didn't choose to live in a tent. We don't live in a tent, I guess is all I can <laughs> say. Uh, <laughs> but they weren't they weren't uh they wouldn't take my word for it so that was that was memorable yeah some of those online comments you kind of just look at it and you're like am I going to engage am I not going to engage and uh I don't really know how to respond to this one <laughs> when I when I suggested that no in fact Gary had a real home uh they replied that they'd seen his Instagram and they knew <laughs> so, okay so speaking of social media which cat explorers inspire you i've got a few i'd say i've met a ton of really great people and people who've reached out to me and said that they started cat exploring because they saw gary or they were inspired to you know take their cat out and that's been that's been really great to see that you know people are are trying new things with their pets and i'm sure i'm going to miss some people in this and if I do I, I apologize uh, I'd say some of my favorite cat accounts are Tora the trucking cat uh, I love seeing where it is that they that they go all of the adventurous is great uh, another sort of mountain cat I'll give a shout out to a couple of the other local cats we've actually run into some of them so there's the adventures of Mike and Lily and Bodie I think it's Bodie the Adventure Cat. We run it. We actually, all three of us were on the same hike together once. Uh, so that was kind of amusing. There's three cats on the, on the same hike. Was that planned or unplanned? It was unplanned completely. How did you react when you saw each other? Uh, I think mostly we, we chuckled because uh, we, we'd interacted online, but we'd never actually met in person. And, uh, and yeah, so we, at the start of the hike, we ran into Bodie and his mom and said hello. And then a little later on, closer to the top of the hike, we, we ran into Mike with his parents. And uh, anyhow, it was just kind of amusing that all three of us were there together at the same, same place at the same time. 
that's who I'll say. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. And I'm sorry to the people who I've forgotten to mention. But... <laughs> oh, one more is, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, is Hokuela, the surfing cat. I love the surfing photos. I think they're amazing. And I'm very jealous mm. whenever I see how warm it is down there. <laughs> Yeah, and um, they go to some of his some of our favorite beaches in Hawaii as well. I just look at him like, oh, I really want to go back to Hawaii now. <laughs> but yeah, I realize this question is really unfair, but it's also great to hear like I, we discover new cat explorers through this question as well. So, what's awesome? That's awesome. And also, you've mentioned quite a few previous guests on the podcast and some future ones as well. So um, that's pretty exciting. What I might do is I'll include links to their episodes in your show notes so that if people want to go and listen to them, they can. So then what product, service or programmer has been a game changer for Gary? So I think the biggest one is the Calgary Humane Society. They were the ones that received Gary when he got picked up off the street and they saved his life. So really without them, there would be no Gary the Cat or or uh or any of that so really love the goggles uh not only do they look cool but they're actually really functional so we have a pair of rec specs they're technically for dogs but we found the extra small pair fits gary really well and basically they're like sunglasses for for your pet up in the mountains it can get really bright when you're above the tree line the sun reflects off the rock or it can reflect off the snow. And it's just uh, a lot more comfortable for Gary to have that bit of sun protection. We've also noticed too, if it's really windy, he likes to have the goggles. His eyes can get a little bit irritated in the wind. And, uh, and so you stick the goggles on and, and he's a lot happier. I have to ask, how did you train him to wear the goggles? Because, like, for example, a lot of cats, the only thing I can compare it to is putting, like, a costume on their head. They would they would shake it off straight away. How did he find wearing the goggles initially, and how did you get him to used to them? So the goggles we definitely felt like we took a chance on because we weren't sure either. But I'd seen, seen a picture of a cat wearing them. I was like, I've got to try this. And surprisingly... He never had a problem with them. The first time I put them on, he just didn't care. I think, especially when it's bright, it's a lot more comfortable. And so he just wears them because it's nicer to be out and have sunglasses on. He knows style. (laughs) Plus, he knows how cool he looks. (laughs) So, James, we've had so much fun chatting to you. Thank you for joining us. Where can we find you and Gary online? So uh, you can find Gary in a couple different places. Probably I'm most active on his Instagram account, which is Great Grams of Gary. He also has a subreddit. Uh, it's reddit.com slash Gary underscore the underscore cat. And a Facebook page, uh, which is also facebook.com slash Great Grams of Gary. Awesome. So we've talked about a lot of great stuff today. And what I'll do is I'll place a summary and all the links we've spoken about in our show notes, which are which will be available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. If you've been loving the Cat Explorer podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with someone you know who would love it. Perhaps it's your friend, perhaps it's your partner or colleague or someone else who follows you on social media or that random stranger 
or neighbor who loves your cat. This podcast is helping us raise awareness about cat exploring and would love it if you could help the people in your life find this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving a kitty the world.